0: Finally that day came when she had to establish her own domain but over his dominion she had no reign. So one set out in pursuit of a higher fate and joined with two to form the third triumvirate. Journeys of departure branching into the unknown but on these mics this triad has found its home. In one accord, three she's offer you their counsel. Raise your frequencies to the Empress High Council. Great day, queens and
1: kings, and welcome to the Empress High Council. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. So who is the Empress High Council, and why should you subscribe? We are triumvirate of women who left corporate America in pursuit of our higher purposes. We seek to empower the masses to be the co-creators of their own spiritual, emotional, and mental rebirth. Vibrate on a higher spiritual frequency, closely aligned with their destinies, and envision a future of financial freedom and abundance. What to expect of us, truth, spirituality, humor, And of course, our own authentic stories. So who am I? My name is Tisha, also known as The Alchemist. And what I will do for you is teach you how to make a dollar out of 15 cents, turn poverty into wealth, unlearn, retrain, and attune
2: your thoughts to manifest your destiny. And I'm Nadia. I'm also known as The Enricher. And what I will do for you, I will teach you how to stay current and be successful in your industry and along your journey. I'm Jackie Levine, also known as Jazz Aphrodite,
0: coming to you from the Empress High Council on the three universal frequencies of love, numbers, and music. I'm your in-house numerologist and spiritual griot. For those who don't know what numerology is, numerology is an ancient Egyptian and Babylonian science which branches into two distinct methods, the Pythagorean and the Chaldean. Using our birth dates and names, I will teach you how to utilize the spiritual occurrences surrounding you to find your life purpose and maximize success. So ladies, what started your journey of departure? What started my journey of departure is,
1: honestly, my bank account, actually. I worked in corporate America. My background is 25 years in financial services. Um, I have a multitude of licenses and, across different industries. And one day, I actually woke up and looked at my bank account and said, I have had enough. Enough is enough. And I'm tired of living this corporate deception and lie. And I just left.
2: Well. <laughs> I was in finance, marketing for finance, for 15 years and I've been moving up the corporate ladder but I noticed when I hit a certain tax bracket I was halted, like I was stopped and I couldn't understand why. I trained everyone, everyone, all the new hires, I had to train them, I had to teach them the ropes whenever there was a problem they would come to me but the last straw was when I had to train my own supervisor. I thought that was odd because I'm well versed in this area of the industry. Why do we have a supervisor? And that's when I decided that this wasn't for me anymore. I was promised a promotion and a raise two years prior to my departure, and I haven't looked back since.
0: And I'm Jazz Aphrodite, and I was working in the New York City Department of Education for 17 years, started as a teacher and ended as a deputy executive director. I was tired of working to fulfill someone else's goals. I was tired of getting up every day only to hear the word no. No, we don't have the budget for this great idea you have. No, we will not amend our educational policies, even though they're outmoded and outdated. No, we will not give you the credit you deserve for working miracles on a minimal budget no, we will not give you support as your chancellor and senior leadership. Eventually, it began to erode the soul, and I had a nice viable team of black men working with me, and they all started to leave because they realized that we were running a bureaucratic rat race. And so at a certain point in time, we would complete our weekly status reports with men and women on hamster wheels running because that's what we were doing on a daily basis, just running on a hamster wheel. And I collect quotes, so there was one quote from Ian Van and it asked, if today were the last of your life, would you want to do what you're about to do now? And my answer was, hell to the gnaw. So in September of 2017, I was trying to plan my way out to start out something brand new.
2: I've realized that there is healing in letting go of the seriousness. There is magic in dropping the illusions that keep us chasing answers and meaning where there may be none. There's also freedom in releasing the desire to ever fully arrive because it makes space for realizing that all that truly matters is that we are alive right now. When nothing else is certain, anything is possible.
1: That's one of the reasons why we're here with you sharing our experiences as well as our authentic stories, some truth as well as a roadmap on how to get out the situation that you're in, especially if you have other goals and dreams. Let's start out with uh, the biggest struggle that you had just leaving the job. Anybody want to answer that?
0: I do. This is Jazz Aphrodite. My biggest struggle was believing that I deserved the right to leave the workforce and go out on my own to do whatever I chose to do with my own time. I'd been programmed for so long to believe that if I wasn't working for someone else that I wouldn't be successful, that I wouldn't be recognized for my talents and abilities. I got caught up with receiving that $4,000 check every two weeks and I equated my self-worth to my material possessions. So once I stepped out of that matrix, I had to redefine who I was separate from the material, carnal and base way of living that became my new normal
2: my struggle i struggled with my mother's comment i also struggled with my sister like they're looking down on me you have a degree why would you quit your job and you have no plan why would you quit your job and you have a daughter so just showing them that i can do this and trying to be proactive in putting together little projects for myself i put together uh costume band for Labor Day weekend. And you know, I did a lot of different things, but the biggest struggle was dealing with my mother and my sister. The people that I value their opinions, how are they gonna believe in me that I can do this? Well guys, this is
1: Tisha, The Alchemist, and my biggest struggle starting out pretty much was the fact that I actually retired myself at age 38. So I kind of like was ahead of every everyone else. And I call it retirement. I call it my first stint of retirement. And my biggest struggle was figuring out what I was going to do. I didn't have any support from friends or family because they were still working. They thought I was crazy. I was a vice president, a senior vice president, actually, at one of the Fortune 500 companies on Wall Street. And they're like, why would you leave a six-figure income job? What are you going to do now? What are you staying in the house to do all day. What is your goal? What is your plan? And I just did not have any support on that. And people just thought it was crazy, especially my friends. So what happened was a lot of my girlfriends just distanced themselves from me. I wind up becoming a loner because I had no support. And people equate themselves and they equate who they are to their careers. And my saving grace was financially, I was able to do whatever the heck I wanted to do.
0: And that's the thing that many people, if you are considering leaving the workforce that you need to be prepared to deal with, you find yourself over explaining why you chose to leave and you find yourself answering questions about what your goals will be once you leave. And if you choose to just stay home and scratch your ass, that's your choice. You could be okay with that because you deserve and you've worked for that luxury. And so it's time to reprogram ourselves to believe that everything that's happening happens for a reason, and that this journey of departure doesn't always have to be figured out in the moment. That while you're living the experience, you get to craft and recreate and redesign what your future can look like for you. And you don't have to do it based on anyone else's specifications.
1: I hear that, Jazz Eiferthyny, because I could just tell you it got to a point where I was just having champagne days every day. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna tell the truth, I bought champagne every day champagne and strawberries, champagne and whatever. Champagne went with everything. I was just champagneing it up. I was like, listen, I work 85 hours a week sometimes. I left corporate America with a stomach ulcer. Dark circles under my eyes. I was bloated, fat, and it was the best decision I could have ever made. And one of the things I do want to say my brother says this all the time, who's a rabbi a man of wisdom, man, man, or woman, is a man of leisure. It is quoted in that big old golden book that you have at home. Everybody has one, you can find it in every hotel room drawer. But in order to have some wisdom and know what your next steps are, you have to have some rest. And a man or woman of leisure is a man or woman of wisdom. You are not gaining any wisdom getting up every day, going to work, someone else's nine to five, helping them accomplish their goals and dreams. And by the time you get home and whatever your commute is, you have nothing left for yourself to build your own empire. So what we're trying to do is to provide you guys with tangible tools to help you successfully
0: navigate through your own journey of departure amen and I love the way you said that in terms of a man of wisdom it's a man of leisure because people don't value leisure and that's what I use to get over my struggle like I had to just sit in the space sit and meditate sit in the park and get grounded sit and sing just do things that made my spirit light so I can think and regroup and just figure out what my next step is. But people think that silence and being still is being unproductive.
2: Fear is one of the enemy's favorite tools to keep us from moving forward. The moment you make a decision to step out in faith, the enemy will immediately bring fear to stop you. He put thoughts in your mind such as, "What if I fail?" What would others think? Maybe I don't have what it takes. He'll do his best to use fear to try to convince you to shrink back and just stay right where you are. But as Tisha said, that big golden book (laughs) tells us that fear is a spirit. It affects your emotions. But when you choose to put your trust in the Lord, no matter how you are feeling, you are combating fear. So what I chose to do was not allow myself to have fear trap me and holding me back. Instead, I took a step out on faith, knowing and praying that God will forever be on my side. One of the verses that I kept reading in the Bible was the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. That is something that I have to always remind myself to keep going and to keep on the path to knowing that you're not doing the wrong thing.
1: So for all our listeners out there, what are you struggling with? What is gonna help you make the decision to actually start your journey of departure? And what do you think your biggest struggle is going to be starting out with? We want you to take a look around in your circle of friends and family, get an opportunity to sit down, be still, be quiet and figure out what your next move is. So what we want to talk about next is, what was our plan to overcome our struggles, guys? Did any of us really
2: have a plan? I didn't have a plan at all. I just was fed up and knew that my credentials would lead me along the way. So when I started seeing that I was lacking certain skills in certain areas, so what I did was I started taking workshops Webinars to help me advance myself, webinars to give me the tools that I needed to start off on my venture.
0: I still struggle with my decision to leave, not so much from a regretful standpoint because if I had to do it all over again, I would leave. But as the savings dwindle down, and Tish will teach us about the savings, the money woes set in, and you start to experience what I call the doubt creep. And that's when I need to pay attention to the symbols that are around me. And angel numbers, if you ever see numbers that reoccur around you, I advise you that you need to write them down and take note of what they mean because angel numbers speak to you. I'll be walking down the street and I'll see 222 on a building. And what that means is that I'm on the right track, that things are unfolding exactly as they should and that I should remain positive and proceed by working on my desired outcome by asking for angelic assistance. And then I have to monitor what was I thinking about prior to seeing that 222. Now, remember, oh, I was stressing about that rent bill that's coming up. So now the angels are telling me to relax. What you're doing is right. Just keep moving forward. Or I'll see five, five, which means that change is unfolding and I may not know exactly what the changes are or the way that it will unfold, but I need to maintain a level of abundance in my thinking and being and acting. So pay attention to those numbers that are around you because the numbers are telling you signs to keep you positive and to keep you on your path.
1: Jackie, you are so on point. You and I, we're like spiritual sisters. Because, like you said, as the savings begin to dwindle down, uh, for me it took 10 years, but the savings did dwindle down uh, till now, and I'm actually seeing angel numbers all over the place. I got my 1111, I have triple fives, and just last week, I was actually on the bus. First of all, I don't take the bus often, but I was on the bus, and I must have been on this bus for a reason. The bus drove past this building on Hempstead Turnpike, and it said 222-22. What are the odds of that. I had to actually take a picture of it. What does that mean? I had to take take a picture of it. So um, the angel numbers are very important. uh, What Jazz Aphrodite was saying and understanding where your mind is at the time that you're seeing them and just getting spiritually grounded and understand that it's a message from, you know, the divine universe, letting you know that you are on the right path and it is that what you're doing and that it's okay to ask for angelic assistance. Jackie, you are 1000% on that.
0: Yeah, I had to be sure of that because I was looking at these numbers like, why do these numbers keep coming up? And for those of you who do not know, you can always look up, there's a sacred scribes
1: website. We're not gonna let them know the website. They just gonna have to go and look for the web. We're not sponsoring that website you just going to have to go and Google whatever the numbers that you're looking at, or just Google angel numbers, but we're not going to be sponsoring any websites on here and telling you to go to any websites but ours. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay to be selfish. I was told that it's okay to be selfish, and we are unselfishly giving it all the way, but we're not going to give away the kitchen sink tip. So, guys, just to stay, you know, back on track so we can be able to give our subscribers and listeners uh, what it is that they came here for, which is truth, spirituality, humor, and, of course, our authentic stories, what surprised you most when you got over that initial hurdle?
0: Or you can either define what the initial hurdle was for you. What surprised me the most is the way that girlfriends act. And I think Tisha alluded to this earlier in terms of girlfriends and friends falling to the wayside when you make a decision like this. People just weed themselves out. And that's a great thing during this process. People will go and the people who remain are the people who are supposed to be in your soul family. To see who's still standing after you make such a drastic decision is what surprised me. And many of the people who are still standing in my space are people who are like-minded, who are no longer interested in working for anyone else, who see a vision beyond the nine to five, who are thinking of different ways to make money, not just for now, but to build generational wealth. And it's a very new and positive space to be in once I'm in alignment with that vibration.
1: Absolutely, Jazz Aphrodite. We're going to talk about vibration too. We got a lot to give you guys. We have so much to give you and so much to share with you. I've even learned how to manifest exactly what it is that I want, when I want it to show up. I want to share that with you guys as well. Jackie is going to share with you when the time is right for you to be able to make your move and understanding how to weave yourself around this universe through numerology. We're gonna talk about the importance of having a life coach in episode two, and I'm going to guarantee with the Empress High Council that you will learn how to manifest your destiny, move yourself head and shoulders above where you already are, and know when it's the right time to make moves and make decisions. So, guys, hit the like, subscribe, and share button. We are glad to have you on this episode of the Empress High Council. We're going to sign out. But before we sign out, we're going to leave you with one statement. Don't, Don't take, take swimming, swimming
0: lessons from drowning, drowning people.
2: Hey.